The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, returning guest Charlie Clawson. Very excited to have him on the uh, show. Uh, I actually have window cleaners. Well, I don't have window cleaners. The building, the apartment building I live in, has the window cleaners uh, cleaning today. So I've been manoeuvring around the house and lowering shades and you know discreetly having to run from one you know part of the bathroom to the other. But I thought that uh, my guest might think it was uh, the paparazzi now that he's achieved a new level of showbiz fame in America. Uh, it is uh, Mr. David Hunsberger, how are you, sir? Good. How are you, Will? Yeah, because you're a big showbiz celebrity now. I'm so. a big time tier two cable uh, show host. Yeah, yeah. So they what does tier What does tier two cable mean? Just for the Australian <laughs> listeners, like to give that a, like a context. Like, I honestly don't know. It might be. In, I think I should say basic cable. Okay. Because I think so. Like what is basic are, cable? What does that mean? That would be like when you buy a cable package with the most basic channels. Right. This comes with it. This like if you've got there. cable, yeah. you got cable. This you comes got with me. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best kind then, because sure, that means yeah. that shouldn't be tier two. That's tier one. The one that everyone has one should that, be yeah. tier one. I have the intro <laughs> right. kit to cable. I yeah. have the starter kit. I to come cable. with the box. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I come with cable, right? <laughs> You think about getting cable? Oh, good news! You're gonna right. see my face. That's yeah. what I tell people. I think, t- yeah. I mean, the tiers are then beyond that. If you want to get like additional channels, sure. So but you're still on those channels. Oh yeah. Like I there mean, isn't a package you can pay for where you suddenly <laughs> don't get you right. Wouldn't that be sad if they offered right. that? Like now, right. do you want now, the non-Huntsberger tier? Right. It's just every I mean, other show's. In here's there. the thing: like most people can just avoid it by themselves, but people sometimes stumble onto him. They don't even want to accidentally yeah. have the risk of like, if I see it, it'll right. freak me out. They just want to <laughs> <laughs> remove from my. We options. actually have new technology where we can block any show that features him specifically <laughs> oh you I, can do that for everyone no no just for him just we him. just it's developed a very a lengthy <laughs> algorithm it took forever i used to ask people that like if you're gonna watch a movie and you jokingly had to say like someone asked you what, what do you want to watch and then you say anything without and you say an actor's name right. not a lot of people you can name there because even the worst people they're either like not famous enough to be remembered for being in a movie, or if they are have any level of notoriety, go, oh yeah, they were in that. I wouldn't lose. I wouldn't want to lose that movie from the catalog of movies ever made. Right. So, like for example, say you weren't an Adam Sandler fan. There's been a lot yeah. of backlash against his latest movie, Pixels. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. Oh man, more than I've never seen that. People have yeah. Like, and the weird thing is, I've not seen it yet. But how? Like, have you not seen most of the other Adam Sandler movies? <laughs> They're terrible. Like, no, I, I would I mean, understand if, like, Martin Scorsese made Pixels, that people might be as angry. Yeah. But how can you be that angry 
It's. I mean, I think there were the Inca. Do comes people not from, remember? Is, you know, don't mess with the Zohan <laughs> about the, the undercover Israeli yeah. spy or whatever he was that like worked as a hairdresser. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. Do people not see grown ups too? Well, I feel like it's a slide. I think that Billy Madison was so great and influential, and then even. Well, this Happy is my Gilmore. point. Happy Gilmore is almost still a perfect movie. I think it's so good. It's just and even a the wedding film. singer really holds up. Yeah, I think so. There are a lot of them that people start. Lumping, they start working backwards and going, well, that was also terrible. And I remember a lot of people really enjoying The Water Boy. Or I remember people liking Fifty First Dates. And now suddenly those are cast and we're like, they're horrible and they've always been horrible. I feel like and they then, are horrible and have always been horrible. But, there are a lot of people that feel that yeah. way. But I know at the t- at, especially like when they came out, not everyone ex- unanimously felt that way. And I think Jack and Jill was a big turning point. Because right. he had done funny people where the movie posters make fun of those things. Right. And then he did this story like, you're playing your ugly sister. Don't do it, man. Don't don't do that. I mean, it was a crazy idea. It and like, so and speaking weird. of somebody who doesn't get, like, you know, in a world where, you know, like we're celebrating Caitlyn Jenner at the ESPYs, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, to like two years before Adam Sandler doing, like, <laughs> uh, you know how it's hilarious? Because I'm yeah. playing my twin sister. No, <laughs> right? that's the joke. Get it? Get it? See, I, I this never... is literally the joke. Yeah. I'm dressed as a woman. <laughs> but did... I am the most successful comedian on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems to me that like so how can people be so angry at a man who's recently aren't we the fools aren't we the fools to be angry of expecting anything from a man who's been giving us jack and jill i mean i know fool me, yeah. fool me once adam sandler you know yeah it's i mean but it's, fool me twice or fool me like 15 times in a row <laughs> it's like in a comic book movie i mean the the joker shows up and then everyone goes can't continuously get mad ah oh, this guy's blocking traffic again you just after a while, ah, it's a joker. I mean, that guy just comes in with his henchmen and it's, it's what he is his thing. But for Adam Sandler, we don't treat it that way, I guess. I guess we're still continuously mad every single time. It is, it's weird, isn't it, though? Isn't it weird that yeah, we just like, we've learned nothing from it. Yeah. We're like we're like rats in some sort of lab experiment. Where like, look, they learn nothing. <laughs> they keep going back to the thing that hurts it's them. Politics, it's everything. I mean, the, the the things we keep getting enraged about and incensed about that we're not learning from them. And Adam Sandler is one of those weird ones where there's a staying power to it. And plenty of people made bad movies, and then like that was it. They oh, don't yeah. have this juggernaut like kind of a franchise that they can keep doing it within because they're to the, to the opposite side of that maybe there's a group of people who are still enjoying it i mean they open well, with like must be. 30 million dollars that's pretty good so there are a lot of people like he's he's what he's his sister now i'm into that mark me down for opening night i will be there yeah and there's the, the only people. reason they're mad at Adam sandler is they haven't seen jack jack and jill too yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> In fact, they they want another one where they have like a there's a triplet. Yeah, yeah, Jack discover. and Jill and and yeah. so and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Rob Schneider. Yeah, Rob as, Schneider as is Steve. Steve. But then he transitions to Eve, and it's a whole gay marriage thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like it's kind of crazy that I, it is something you mentioned Marvel. It's weird how we 
view and uh, consume and measure entertainment, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Adam Sandler films were like, well, they open big, people go and see them. And like, they, but last weekend, people were really mad because Pixels was up against Ant Man, right? Yeah. And Ant Man did like $60 million or something and beat Pixels. And people were writing. Like articles, I read like many articles about like oh the Marvel magic touch might be over and like <laughs> you know it only did sixty million on the yeah. first weekend and I was like it was fucking Ant Man yeah like how accustomed have we become to Marvel <laughs> just that we thought that Ant Man would do better than if you had told anyone ten years ago that Marvel would get to a point where they could open an Ant Man movie. <laughs> Starring Paul Rudd yeah. to $60 million on the first weekend. That would have been the greatest movie success story of the decade. <laughs> of course, because the, the like channels put in place there, the locks and the intricate mechanisms, like it's Paul Rudd and it's funny, but don't treat it like a funny movie. Right. It's serious. This is a, and it's aware of itself and it's cheeky, but still, it's a Marvel movie. Like, right. You got to give it reverence. You got to give it respect. It's, but not too much. You know, take it. He's the guy that turns into an ant. But I mean, on and on and on where it just kept being like, how are we supposed to view this? Right. And yet when you watch it, you're like, nah, it's a, it's, they're right. I mean, you do kind of go, this is silly. Yeah. Oh, I hope they make it. They- <laughs> 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 I'm really invested in this ant guy. Yes, it's absurd. But oh man, I'm really into this. <laughs> Um, uh, so tell us about any show. This is uh, we I briefly mentioned it, but you're only what you're three episodes. Three in. episodes in, yeah. We and do, it's called uh, Reactor, right? Reactor, yeah. And it's on uh, Basic Cable on what network? <laughs> Tier one Basic Cable. You listen, folks. You go down to your cable provider, yeah. get your basic setup. You're going to get this channel, right? And if you like sci-fi things like Ant Man, it's just a weekly. It's a clip show. It's a weekly roundup of. We'll uh, review some clips, things that like bizarre things that happened in you know the TV. So give shows. us an example from the episodes that have already aired. Like what? Okay. What's some things that you looked at? Well, so there's an interview segment. So I sat down with like uh, Julie Benz has been on the show. Uh, Kevin Durand, who's on the stream. Uh-huh. Julie Benz is in uh, um, Defiance, which is on Sci-Fi. So now what's Defiance about? So there was a. Uh, <sighs> Because I watch a bunch of those shows. Yeah. Like, I've, I've been watching, like, uh, I, the, I, the 100 I know is CW, but it's like, it's an, one of those post-apocalyptic things. I've been watching a thing called The Last Ship. Which you is might like, like Defiance, a, then. Yeah, It's okay. in that realm of, I like, don't mind there was a, a fight like and that. aliens were, they came to live on Earth, and there was the thing called the Pale Wars, and they were fighting forever. Now the Pale Wars are just kind of ending, uh-huh. and humans are learning to live with these different races of aliens, and there are tons of them. Okay. All these different races of alien, and there are still humans, so they live in a futuristic, um, St. Louis and uh, and that's where the show takes place and they're just trying to like kind of um, you know manage being on earth and getting along oh interesting yeah so, I love that we've skipped over sorting out our problems as humans and just yeah, thought you yeah, know yeah, what we're beyond that yeah we just well we we're gonna get along with other humans <laughs> let's see if we can get along with aliens well that's the, the thing people always bring up right is like oh we'll always fight with each other unless someone new shows right. up and then suddenly like well I no longer hate different races I hate those aliens well that's the the Watchmen, right? That's the, yeah. essentially the plot of The Watchmen. It's like the, <laughs> that idea. Uh, okay, so you, you look at uh, shows like that. You have guests on from things yeah. like that. Are you looking at funny? Like, are you looking for funny bits from things like that? Or like, it's focused more on the like the weird moments in those shows uh-huh. where you know just po- poke fun at it. We try to do it with shows that we like and in like a lighthearted way. So it's not us going like, "Here's this piece of shit." I mean, we're never really railing on shows like that. Yeah. And there's a news segment where we kind of catch up on what's going on in the world of. 
actual maybe you know science fiction or uh, science that could be considered fiction. Okay. Uh, well, any, then, any anything interesting you've learned from from that that you can tell us about? Um, I mean, in doing research and stuff, like you know, they found uh, Kepler four fifty two b. Okay, the, so this the is the Earth like uh, the Earth like planet. Yeah, so something has like some that characteristics would, of the Earth. Yeah, so like on our show, they said it's like a bigger. I think there's a bigger, older version or cousin of Earth. Right. So there's some jokes to be had in there about like, well, everyone has a bigger, older cousin. And sure. On and on, and so. And I like news elements like that. Then I sit down and interview people. And, and so it moves along pretty quickly. But then we do some sketches. Like last week we did, uh, I spun these wheels kind of like as a, a goof, not a goof on, but in reference to Sharknado. So I spun like okay, sure. a wheel that had animals on it and a wheel that had natural disasters. And oh, whatever, nice. Whatever they landed on, I had to make that movie. So I made a, like we made this fake movie about aardvarks and quicksand. So that was. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, that seems like a good idea to me. That seems what's, like right what's deadly about your aardvark? <laughs> Do you mean like you I gotta mean, watch the you gotta watch the thing, man? They live gonna, underground. They live in the sand, yeah. and, and they just attack people. Well, I mean, stuff. they live in the sand, and it's quicksand, right? So that's yeah. already. Well, we didn't give them like laser beam eyes or anything like right. that. They're mostly going about it old-fashioned ways with their teeth and things. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even know if they have teeth, but they the, in our version they like maybe they suck yeah. things down. I don't know how they do it. I mean, that it seems to me that if they're like at home in the sand and that there is quicksand around. <laughs> That yeah. you don't want to fall into one of those quicksand pits that's full of aardvarks. You definitely do. I not. mean, that is your kind of reverse Sharknado. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Got these I mean, because here's the storms. thing like, if you run into a shark in quicksand, that you're yeah. fine with that. No yeah, one gives okay. a shit, right? <laughs> He's the shark's, for the shark's more fucked than you are in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with an aardvark in a, uh, in a tornado. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, and you spoke about your podcast. Did I hear that you, that's uh, ending? Is that is that it true? ended? Yeah, we did our. It has ended. It's done. Yeah, it's, it's over. done. Yeah, no more Professor Blastoff. This is people... what uh, we live in an interesting world, don't we? That yeah, podcasts no, I don't can think end. It's that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what are you getting at there? <laughs> uh, no, because when uh, spit it out, will. Walking the room was a good example. When walking the room finished, yeah. people were really devastated. A because it was a great podcast, yeah. but B because podcasts hadn't really ended. Because up until yeah. that point, no one had had any real reason to end a podcast. It wasn't really <laughs> a thing, yeah. And no one who was doing a podcast was going anywhere, so nothing was getting in the way of your podcast. But <laughs> but eventually, you know, if people, the amount of people who are doing them now and the amount of shows there are, eventually things are going to end. And that is yeah. completely natural. We don't expect that, like, someone makes a TV show, they will necessarily make that TV show forever or whatever. You yeah, know, it's you come can, to be, like, totally not. the norm. I mean, th- I guess the people that had a hard time getting over MASH ending were, like, the last right. group. Like, but it was on forever. There'll be people when The Simpsons end that are fine with it. And, oh, man, we got, I thought we'd get 10 years. We got triple that. Right. There will be other people who go, no, it's been my whole life. It's been right. on my whole life. You can't end it. And podcasts, I think, are just something where when it started, everyone thought it was like a band oh man it's like it's like bands but it's a band that shows up in your ears once a week so it didn't seem like it, um, to me on some level i thought oh they all break up they all will it's like a band right. on the other side i thought 
like you were saying, like it's easy. There's no reason for it to break up. It's just you've become, it's a relationship. And I right. think going into it, we all kind of thought like, well, we've made this silent agreement to each other that we'll just do this until the end of time. Right. So when it was proposed to end it, it was kind of shocking. Like, but but I thought, what about our silent agreement? Right. And what about our pact if we were all single at 40, we'd get married? <laughs> We get married on the podcast, man. Come on, guys. You remember after prom, we killed that guy and we all pledged that we'd be together forever? <laughs> yeah. So it is an interesting thing because I think with the podcast in particular, and like, I mean, I'd like to know what your experience of this has been, but people have a really personal connection to it as well. So I imagine yeah. that there are audience members who, when they heard it was finishing up, were... Well, to, or yesterday was the first day that they were not available to download it. And over the course of four years, we had only missed like two weeks. So it wasn't like people had a, a track record of going, oh, it's just another one of those Tuesdays where they didn't put one out. I mean, right. we were really diligent. And so for that first Tuesday to come along, there were a lot of tweets and things like, this feels really weird. It's become, you know, such a part of you know, your schedule, you get the mail this time every day, you go do this on every weekend, you, and every Tuesday you download your favorite podcasts or whatever. And for that to not be there, it was strange on my end. You know, I'd normally like the night before I'd communicate with the artist. I'd like put stuff on the website, kind of, you know, help get it out into the world. And to not be doing that was sort of like, Oh, this is, this is strange. It's just, it's got to feel the closest, at least in my life to when a parent no longer has to like make their kids school lunch or something like that. You're like, Oh, I got kind of used to that. I know I, it was kind of always a chore or something, but damn it. Now right. I'm just sitting, <laughs> sitting here watching shitty TV and smoking. And Yeah. It is interesting though. Like I do think that's a, uh, I, cause I think about it sometimes because I've been doing this like uh, four years or so and, yeah and i you know pretty regularly like it's taken a lot of my time there's been over like 500 hours of podcasts or something like you know that you i've gotta done and- buy the stuff you gotta have your friends come over you gotta take time out of your day sometimes you have to edit it afterward you gotta insert things or at least and- like put it up and put the music on and like you know update somebody was like you haven't updated the website and i was like you know what i've i've actually been doing my job <laughs> like i've had you know to earn yeah. my living occasionally and so you do think about like, you know, is this, a, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, for me, I very much enjoy doing it as well, but it's, uh, yeah. but I it is hard to know where it one. fits into your, your world and your life. And Well, for us, it was different too. Like, I do want to start a different one down the road because I think there's something so unique about human experience in our existence. We're sharing it more than any other group has. And I think we're at this great point where before we dip into the singularity or our consciousness becomes surrounded by virtual reality or less important to us, Uh we're writing this thing now where we're able to recognize how unique it is to be where we are in the world, crawling around on this planet and share it with each other. And podcasts are the best way to do that. But it was tough with three people. You have three different schedules. You have three different polls. And so all of those things of like, man, is this worth it? Is this, it's different. It's so. I've I've proposed this thought experiment before, uh, which uh, is that when the singularity arrives, or at least when artificial intelligence starts to take hold Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're looking for, because the thing that uh, Ray Kurzweil Kurzweil, said uh, that the the most difficult thing for them to crack in artificial intelligence is humor. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the, the thing that they find hardest to right. Like, replicate, right? Yeah. So if you were trying to, you know, replicate or understand, like, you know, to evolve to like a true artificial intelligence, what you do is feed into those computers, like access files you had of like people being funny and like personalities <laughs> that were funny. And How miserable would those initial <clears throat> attempts be? But where would be the best place to access hours upon hours of different personalities being funny? Podcasts, Podcast, right? yeah. So literally, <laughs> literally, like the singularity might happen and all like the super robots might have the personalities of prominent podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> There's like the Mark Marin Terminator in the, the corner. Just I'm like... a robot. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck bots? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that now. Right. That sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. But aren't we limited with supercomputing and all that stuff? There's so much data there that even though we're compressing it better than ever, I, it still seems like we're not we're not getting to these places. There will be a block put in place, I think. Well, I mean, but Moore's law, you know, the idea that you know, oh, I mean, fucking like I was going to explain Moore's law, like I understand <laughs> it enough, but like you know, hey, just all I want people at home to uh, know is that I, I at least feel like that's an appropriate reference. It but, sounds, especially if you just say it offhand, well, yeah, according to you know, Moore's, Moore's law. law. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I should have done rather than getting bogged down on the fact that I don't really know what I'm talking about. But no, this certainly has, there's real... Like, it feels like there's a lot of momentum at times, but then really we're still along. Even what we're recognizing at the moment is like yeah. artificial intelligence is a long way away. But I can't help but... And I always feel a bit like an alarmist when I do, you know... Like yeah. get worried about this. But then Elon Musk is worried about it and Stephen Hawking yeah, they just had that is worried summit. about it. That's cr- and, uh, and I'm like, you know Wozniak what? Wozniak was involved right. in that. Like all these guys got up and stood like, we got to be worried about these. Ro-. Right. Which sounds like Heaps a Heaps of guys of who seem to know about <laughs> yeah. like, that they stuff. They know Moore's Law. Those yeah. fellas. Like, uh, at least three guys who could explain Moore's Law better than I can, <laughs> right? And they're, it's like a scene in the opening to one of those movies where the smartest people on the, on planet, the planet stand up and the wealthiest and go, yeah. we have to be worried yeah. about these robots. That if they're used as weapons, we're going to be in deep trouble. Right. And then we just read an Stephen article. Stephen Hawking's about that. there, like in his like computer, like Professor X, Maybe. like in the corner. Yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean? They open a curtain and he comes out and right. everyone goes, wants <gasps> everybody. Elon Musk, <laughs> who's just like mastered renewable energy, yeah, he's like, like on Tony the planet at that time. He's the Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's there warning everybody. You yeah, know. who's Wozniak? He would. The Waz. And that's already a cool enough name as it is. He yeah, the Waz. Like, yeah, well, the he's like, Waz is like one of those characters that, you know, um, they always have in those things, which is kind of like the mad, um, you know, sort of scientist professor. Right, yeah, computer, yeah. He's the one who like, makes you know, their stuff for them. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I think of like how we're progressing. On one hand, it seems ridiculous we we would ever get there. And then it's like someone's swimming and you have your head down, you're swimming real fast. And then you feel like there's someone in a boat going, you'll never make it. You're too far away. And, and then all of a sudden you look up and you've made it and we've outpaced ourselves. Cause on some level it feels like we're tweeting, we're sharing, we're exploring, you know, everyone is sharing links and ideas and images with each other to the point where you would think that would die out and people would kind of look around and go, all right, well, we tried everything. I mean, we legitimately shared everything with each other and now it's just boring and it's dull. The next well, it's almost wave like, that's that almost like that idea of like if teleportation was realistic and affordable. That yeah. like basically at the start no one would stop anywhere. And then eventually you'd probably end up just stopping in a couple of places because that's like <laughs> 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there would, or there'd be huge lines to get into everyone going, right. oh, you got to go to Fiji. I mean, the line to get in there, it'd be like when you're in a, in a public place and everyone's cell signal is jammed. Right. Like, oh, God, everyone's backed up going to Fiji. Let's just wait. I mean, but it's amazing in our lifetime. And I, I talk about this on stage a little bit, but like, not every generation gets to live through something that changed the way that humanity existed forever, right? Like, I mean, there has been those times, you know, the Industrial Revolution, like Mm -hmm. one of the, you know, the kind of last more prominent ones. But the invention of the internet changed everything forever. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just no doubt that all of human existence, and that happened just in our life. We We were the last people, you know, people our age were the last people to like not have the internet, but to have kind of fully experienced the internet, and it's going to be crazy. exhausting for kids that are already hearing it. You know, when I was your age, yeah. I mean, we're only going to keep getting older and only going to keep referencing that. You know, when I was, we couldn't do all those things, and everyone right. jokes about that all the time on stage. But I mean, it is. It's not like we've never gotten used to it. We still go, wow, that kid just doesn't know what it was like to go to a separate room for an hour a week at school and maybe get to like log in on a computer. Oh, to, to go to a library to research something. Yeah. It's, it's so bizarre how quickly that happened. I mean, like to- I made a joke in my, like I was doing a joke in my stand-up about, I, I was, uh, it's, um, okay, so... The joke was about uh, Sisyphus rolling the rock up the hill, right? Right. I was talking about the pointlessness of uh, lifting weights at the gym that aren't (laughs) connected to anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that every day, I said every day I felt like Sisyphus rolling the rock up the hill. Uh, And the the joke was meant to be something along the lines of like, this is just how it came out. You know, I had Mm -hmm. kind of like, I just had an idea. Right. And I said a joke that my uh, trainer would have understood if uh, one day a week he didn't go to the gym and he went to a library. And it got a good laugh and whatever because everyone understood the point I was trying to make. Yeah. But I actually then stopped and was like, but that is a terrible joke. I've just come up with that <laughs> joke now. Who the fuck's going to a library? Like <laughs> yeah. most of the people in yeah. this room haven't been to a library. My like, girlfriend still goes to the library. She, she does like her research. And, her so. and the homeless people. That's yeah, what that's it is. All it's it homeless is, yeah. people, and which is fine. Or but. it's like teenagers that need to get out of a house with fifty kids in it, or something. I mean, right? Obviously not that, but there are people. When you go there, you see people like, oh, they they just need somewhere quiet. Yeah. So it does exist, but yeah, and it's so it, it feels so much more. Uh, I don't know. It's like fucking sacred is a stupid word, but it, it now it feels a little bit more like, oh, we. I, I hope these don't go away. They definitely are going to like record stores. They're going to go away. But it's a bummer. When you're in there, you're like, oh, this used to be the, the smell, the way you could go and instantly get information. And trusting it all to a digital platform is so scary because the first day you click on a site, like a podcast disappearing, right. and you click on a site and it says, with a subscription, you can get in here. Or with this is no longer accessible. And you're just suddenly like, but but I need that book. Right. I, need to re- I need to download it. And it doesn't exist anymore. Uh-huh. That I don't, I don't like. I like tangible... I think, and I think that's so antiquated for people like to like records, to like physical things. I don't know. But- There's always some sort of like swing backwards and forwards, you know. Like, I mean, I have, uh, you know, three iPods and iPhones and whatever sitting on this table, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I also have a record player over there, and like, you know, records. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different. I think that people. You know, you can mix and match a bit. Like, you yeah. know, I like having a record player, but I also don't want to have to take my record player on a walk with me down to the shops. Well, you know, like, so I'm like, glad that I can, you know, do both those yeah, things. Yeah, that's true. But what are kids going to do that don't... I mean, our kids nowadays... 
why would we discuss this? We're two single fellas. Right. <laughs> but like, or not single, but you know, without kids. Uh, but are kids like dipping back into that stuff? Are they the, like going, you know what? I want to get a record player. I heard about this. I mean, I think that like all of human existence from my experience, you know, the 40 years that I've been alive always seems to be that we're kind of like everything sort of comes back, but with a new twist. So yeah. I don't feel like it's this like, you know, necessarily we're just moving forward in like one direction. I feel like often we're like moving forward, but doing like a major nostalgia loop back at the yeah. same time and kind of, you know, so yeah, I think, that like some of those things at least are going to have to come back. That's you know? true. In the same way as they still have drive-in movies or they still have, you know, I don't know what else, <laughs> other things. Other things beyond the drive-in. that we don't you know, have records, I guess, would fall in there. Records, those, yeah, drive-in movies. They, everyone probably just falls into their part. And that, that might be like a uh, genetics free will sort of discussion <clears throat> that there are people who are, I'm all digital. I only like the future. And there are sure. other people that live out in cabins in the woods. I'm only this. And everyone else is kind of a, an amalgamation of all that. You're like, well, I like the iPod. I like the record player too. I like being on the internet. I like getting away from it and going out somewhere where like, I can't. It's strange that you used to be, like even just going into your house and seeing a blinking light on a on a, an answering machine was a little invasive. You know, that like, oh, people can get in touch with me when I'm gone, when I'm right. out of the house. And that sounds so goddamn old to say that and go like, well, when I was a kid, the phone would just ring and ring and ring. Oh, kids will never understand what it's like when you were like a, uh, a teenager, like an early teenager yeah. in particular, when you first got to be able to ring your friends and to be able to talk to any of your friends, you would first have to talk to their parents. <laughs> yeah. Because like that, their parents would answer the phone, you would have to talk to them and be polite to them, then talk to your friend yeah yeah like every 12 year old's got a phone now mm -hmm. you don't have to talk to their parents first. how did you have to answer the phone did you have to say a certain thing like some of my friends they would have oh, to say like yes. martin residence or things like that yeah so uh, i think uh, i think we used to actually say our. i feel like we used to say our phone number <laughs> i don't know why like that seems you reached like 6187 yeah I really i feel like that's what's Anderson's, yeah, maybe, yeah, that's what, yeah, and and then I would say, yeah, Williams speaking because that back then I would have been a Williams, still. yeah, yeah, nice. I really didn't really become a Will until my early teens. Oh, really? Yeah. And then what you had to choose? There was a different like William in class. And you so to... well, okay. So my granddad is William also. Mm -hmm. I'm named after him, and uh, uh, but he got Bill, okay. and so I was always William. I got William when I was didn't younger, like William. and I never really liked William. Yeah. Like it suited the kid that I was. Yeah. The book reading, not exercising quite as much as he should be, you know, <laughs> slightly nerdy. Oh, Will, yeah. There was a William. There's a William in yeah, there. Yeah, there was a William. <laughs> and then. Uh, Will I'd, started smoking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Will turned his collar up. <laughs> <laughs> Will grew a couple of inches and lost a couple of pounds. <laughs> nice. There was a one definitive day. Hey, William, it's Will now. It's Will now. I think you'll notice from the collar, I am Will. I am Will. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that movie, The Cowboys, yet? With John oh, Wayne? Where John Wayne's called Will Anderson. Yeah. Have you no, seen it? No, but I still, but oh, now so since good. you've told me about it, um, you know, when you become aware of something and then you just see it all the time? Yeah. Like I've seen inspirational quotes by him passed around the internet, like uh, all these sort oh, of things. Oh, yeah, Burning now. Daylight and all that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I still, it's still on my to do list. People ask me, and especially now with the show, because like, Initially, people, everyone, somehow or another, everyone involved started just calling me Dave. Someone on like, I don't know if it was like on a casting list or whatever the thing was sent out to everybody. 
Dave's coming in, yeah. which a lot of my friends call me Dave, yeah. but I, I, I don't feel like in my adult life, I, I ever really got asked that as much. Suddenly like, right. like Dave or David. And I was just right. like, I don't care. It doesn't, but I never thought about that of having to like transition, like I'm, I'm Will or I'm Dave, you know, I know a lot of my Dave friends, they're, they're Dave. Like don't call me David. Ugh, my mom calls me David. Right. And I'm not like that. It doesn't, I don't, I don't feel like there's a real difference there. But maybe there is. Maybe Dave's way cooler, and I'm unaware of it. I mean, no. I, mean, I think, you know what? Dave and David, mm-hmm. I would say that Dave's a bit more like, oh, it's da- yeah, Dave's your friend. Dave's right, a bit yeah. more like, you know, whereas David's a bit more intellectual. Yeah, yeah. or like, a but, more bookish. But I don't feel like Dave and David have the disparity between them that some abbreviations yeah, do yeah. have. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, if you're a Phil or a Philip or yeah. a Tim or a Timothy. Yeah, that's definitely come making. On, Timothy. Yeah. Matt and Matthew, you're yeah. making some distinctions. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yep, that's yeah, true. It's Matthew. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I imagine it is Matthew. <laughs> 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 it's William. Uh, there's a lot of comedians uh, who are called William, but a lot of them are Bills or Bills or Billies. You know, Billy yeah. Connolly, Bill, Bill Cosby, <laughs> uh, you know, but Billy Crystal. Like, I always grew up seeing a lot of people who did comedy, Who, but I was Bill like... Burr, but, Bill Burr, Bill Bill Burr, Hicks, yeah, Bill Hicks. Bill, uh, what's another Bill? Yeah, there are more Billies, I guess. Yeah, Bills, Bills and Billies. Oh, but Bill like, Murray, I guess. Yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, there's, I mean, but there is like Bill Maher. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. There's okay. There's a lot. There's good, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah that is a ton. But that's got to be the most common name then. But there's not that many Wills. I mean, there's a couple now. There's Will Sylvance. Yeah, Will Durst. Will Durst. Yeah. 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 There's not a ton of Wills running around right. out there. But yeah, there is quite a lot. I mean, there's quite a lot mm-hmm. of people with my name. Yeah. I wonder if I would be a different comedian, like because, for example, Will mm-hmm. and Billy. <laughs> Very different propositions. Billy Anderson. Do you know what I mean? Isn't it kind of like weird? if I was Billy Anderson from Australia? Yeah. Would you come and do my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go do that 40 year old man yeah. Billy's Billy podcast. Anderson. But no one cares that Billy Crystal's like no. 90 or that Billy Connolly's like 70 or whatever, right? Yeah. Like they Johnny. I, I, there's something yeah. weird to me about like Billy you're Anderson. A man Billy Johnny. Could I become Billy? Or is, that, is it too late for Billy? I, I guess you can't go from Will to Billy at this stage You know, the of my weird life. one in there is Willie. Willie Nelson right. can transcend all time and age, and there's no preconceptions about that. Like, yeah, Willie's just 15 or 500 years old. Yeah, it's true. It totally works with both. It's timeless, isn't it? Yeah, Willie really is. Yeah. Will, I mean, Will I think it's like, I, I guess when you were like 14 or 15, like, you know, having the name Willie <laughs> probably wouldn't be like fun at school. No, no. It's, that's not your sweet period. Right. Right. But, but then that turns you into a way cooler willy down yeah. the road. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, man, he battled through those teenage willy years. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and it makes you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it gives yeah. you more personality. That's right. Will, though, yeah, Will ages well. Will, like, you can be Will way I feel like than, Will just can keep yeah. going. But, Billy, but now yeah. I'm Billy, Billy Anderson. I wonder Maybe I'll people... get more breaks. Maybe I'll be like, <laughs> hey, you know who should we get for this show? Billy Anderson. <laughs> He sounds really funny. Billy Anderson. Billy Anderson. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Anderson. I feel like I could go on America's Got Talent as Billy Anderson. You've got a whole new run of tours named after right. you now. As Billy. Oh, yeah. I'll just redo them all, but with Bill. Yeah. I am the Billrus. <laughs> Bullenium. <laughs> Billarius. Oh, this is oh, perfect. <laughs> 
can add in some new ones like Bill of Rights. Oh, that. Oh, that's even see. Oh, yeah, it opens up some things. Yeah, yeah, you get oh, some yeah. new chasms going there. Yeah, that's really Bill good. Anderson, man. This is exciting. Yeah, whole new career path. Right, uh, and I could actually just work with other Bills and Billies then, because mm-hmm. I'd be like Bill Burr, and I could do like a t- a double Bill. Double. We could. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> But I'd be like, I'm Bill with one L. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm Bill with two L's. <laughs> and this is Double Bill. <laughs> Boo! Change it back to Will. Boo! <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, but I, Dave and David, I'm not sure that it, it feels like there's that much of a disparity between those two people. Nah, I don't think so. And if there is... Yeah, it doesn't have that... Uh, like just that tinge of sort of like, come on, man, you're 50 and you're still going by Dave. Come on. Right. You know, Billy might have that a little bit, but people have seemed to tolerate it just fine. I mean, Billy Gibbons, he's older and he's still cool. So Billy Joel, Billy Joel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, but people call him Bill, I think. Bill Joel. Yeah. Cause he says that in no, Piano Man, don't. right? They people say call to me, him Bill. Bill. Don't, doesn't he say that? Well, I'm Piano Man. He says that, but yeah, isn't Bill. that just because of the, the rhyme, the rhyme structure? Yeah. I think he's suddenly putting it out there like I want to put the brakes on Billy (laughs) (laughs) I see where this is headed and I'm not getting any younger (laughs) look I don't want to be a prick about it but I'll just suddenly I'll just I'll say it how I say it and then people will just (laughs) pick up that like it's like when someone's mispronouncing your name Mm -hmm. like you know instead of like correcting them you can just say your name in conversation. And in conversation. The guy says to me the other day, he says, hey, Dave. And you look him sternly in the eye. Did you catch that? It's not Davey. You know, you say that to right. him. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. I called this guy Davey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best example. <laughs> I had a thought... Again on the name thing. Oh. Damn it. It's it escaped me. Thought there was something Because uh, uh, Dave David mm-hmm. See Johnny I would always say that Johnny because in Australia there was a famous uh, rock star called John Farnham. Mm-hmm. He had a uh, hit song called You're the Voice, which was like this unofficial Australian national anthem, you know, at the time. And um he had been a pop star, a teenage pop star called Johnny Farnham. Mm-hmm. And and then he came back as Whispering Jack and he was John Farnham. Yeah. And it was always like, you know, he, was, he wasn't John. I'm yet. old now. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. John. That was him. He was mm-hmm. back. It was like, I'm not the teenage pop star. I'm John Farnham now. Yeah. You know. Got to kind of respect Kid Rock for showing no inclination to do that. I'm 50-year-old Kid Rock. No. I'm Ridiculous. middle-aged man rock. Yeah. Come on. Step it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm still young in rock years. <laughs> I'm contemporary hits rock. Right. Uh, you know who's having a good uh, transition across their name over the years is The Rock. Oh, yeah. They, you know, the like, rock they've been weaning The Rock out of there since he started acting in movies. First it was in the parentheses. Then they try. Then it was kind of... Dwayne, well, the rock, you know, it's the rock, like maybe in quotes. And now I think the la- like one of the last things he did it was just Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, they just quietly it was like spinning a top and seeing if it would stay 
ups, you know, right side up. And they all walked away like, it's doing it. He's just Dwayne Johnson. We did it. A decade in the making. He's no longer The Rock. I feel like what happened was, because I watched this quite closely, because uh, I was a fan of uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in mm. his years in the WWE, okay. when he was the most electrifying man in sports <laughs> and entertainment. I smelled what The Rock you was smelled. cooking. Okay. I smelled it. Uh, <laughs> he doubted it. I smelled it. And so... Um, Early on, they tried quickly, like the kid at a new school, like he's like, hey, at my old school, they used to call me everyone's favorite friend. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. No, You've gone in way man. too hard. No one's ever called you that. <laughs> You're even, Bernard. That's not even a good nickname. <laughs> like <laughs> Everyone's favorite friend. <laughs> I mean, it's such a mouthful. <laughs> but th- there was a little bit of like, he's Dwayne Johnson now. Mm-hmm. And then they, it, people were like, no. No, he's not. No. Because we don't want to talk to Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. We want to talk to The Rock and we want The Rock to sell this movie. And so then they started giving it, a, like, it was, they were like, well, you know what? We'd actually just prefer to be in the movies and interviewed. So if you want to call us The Rock, call us The Rock. Mm-hmm. Then he went through this period where he, like, uh, he was like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to even be cool with the WWE. Like, I'm not going to, like, so he yeah. kind of went back and he did some stuff with the WWE. Yeah. And then it was like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then they started, like you said, yeah, parentheses. And then, <laughs> like, bang, Dwayne Johnson. So you think he's Dwayne Johnson now? Because like, he still does I mean, WWE still, stuff, I mean, right? he's still The Rock, but, you know, he's yeah. always going to be The He'll Rock. He'll always be The Rock. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it's impressive that they kind of, for a movie star at least billing, they kind of got him to where he's just Dwayne Johnson now. That was smart. Yeah, that's pretty They good. just took their time, you know? Mm-hmm. They worked like through the Pink, process. The singer Pink tried it, and it didn't. she obviously doesn't have the career as an actor that he does, but she has a regular name. No one knows it, but it was like, I think she was a voice in Puss in Boots. Uh-huh. They had her name on the poster, and then in parentheses, Pink, Pink. just in case you forget, it's Pink. Right. And then I don't think much happened for her beyond that. There have, there have been a few people, I think, who try. I think even maybe like Lady Gaga has tried it and hasn't escaped it. Lady Gaga is not her real name? As far as I know. Right. It's not her given name. <laughs> from the Gaga family, right? Yeah, from the Gagas. Well, it's really the Von Gagas. And right. then she uh, shortened it. <laughs> Lady Von Gaga. Is yeah. actual... <laughs> she started out as Lady V Lady Gaga, v Gaga, remember? Yeah. And she dropped the V. I never forgave her for that. Right. I never came back around. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a family name. What are you listening to? Is this V Gaga? Is this V Gaga? Oh, no, it's just Gaga now. Ah, boo. And boo. <laughs> I only really like the early stuff, the V Gaga stuff. <laughs> She's more pure. She's more into her art as V Gaga. Right. That was, yeah. <laughs> Um, this this topic comes up all the time on the podcast and it may have even come up before with you, but when we talk about these sort of things, I can't go past my favorite obsession in the world, which is, of course, the musical career of Russell Crowe. Have oh, I, yeah, yeah. We have talked about yeah, it before, yeah. Uh, because uh, Russ LaRock, as he was, that's how he started out. Russ LaRock with a La Q. LaRock? Yeah. L-A- L-A- capital R-O-Q-U-E? So, no, uh, R-U-S-S, Russ, uh-huh. L-E-R-O-Q, Russ oh, well, LaRock. Yeah. That was the, the origination of yep. That was Russell before Rock. he was in, yeah, so he was Russ LaRock, the musical artist, <laughs> before he was in his band 30 Odd Foot of Grunts. And yep. what's going on, because they broke that up and then it started as, as like, uh, The Ordinary Fear of God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's going on with that? I feel like the music's on the side at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's he did, not like cramming down since like what Noah was the last big thing he was in. 
He's kind of he's got some time. He, like. No, he's he's working. No. Russell's always working. Yeah, and, Russell Rock. <laughs> and that. he uh, he he did a like a film clip with like another like he did a single with another Australian artist recently. But I think that's kind of what he's doing. But he made a movie called The Water Diviner, which mm. was this like Australian war drama. So that was uh, kind of the last big thing he did. But have you seen him in public? I mean, are you guys friendly if you see each other? I mean, here's the thing. Like this, the, the name of this podcast. Uh, like alone is a joke on him yeah. let alone the fact that he comes up pretty much every second episode <laughs> so i don't know if we'd be cool i would love to th- like i would love to think in my world because here's the thing i don't hate russell crowe mm-hmm. i actually you heard f- it here first folks does not hate russell rock i'm i'm fascinated by him yeah. like i'm more interested in his career and all the things he does than most people are yeah. like if i see any reference to russell crowe you know i'm going to be the first person to <laughs> see it or watch it or consume it right so i'm a fan of russell crowe now i'm also amused by him and you know sometimes i'm bemused by him but yeah i hear from people who know him that he has a really great sense of humor and I have run into him a couple of times at like various things, but I've never had a conversation about oh, this or whether he knows about handshake? this or whether. Uh, well, I accepted an award from him at a, an awards night. Nice. Uh, one night and made a joke about him on stage. Well, how did he react? Uh, well, apparently, because uh, I didn't see how he reacted because he was like behind me. But yeah. uh, apparently he was all right with it. But uh the joke won't really make much sense to you, but uh, at the time, our most prominent sports person, who's this like guy called Shane Warne, he was a cricketer, mm-hmm. and uh, he was also he had, he was married and had kids and stuff. But you know, he was uh, sending dirty texts to all these like you know women, and you know his yeah. marriage was breaking up, and it was all over the tabloids. And it was the same time as Russell Crowe had thrown that phone at that you know the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. hotel thing. So I just accepted the thing and said. It's a shame that we live in a world where Russell Crowe uh, can't get a phone to work and Shane Warne can, right? Good topical <laughs> yeah, reference. Yeah. <laughs> but Russell was standing behind me as I made this joke. I thought I was pretty bossy. Like, yeah, you know, you know when you're young and you're drunk uh-huh. and you're like, yeah, look at me. But I don't really know how he reacted to it. So, <laughs> I mean, he probably... He probably wouldn't like me. Is the answer to that? <laughs> but I would love to have him on the show. My big dream is always that, like, at some stage, you know, whether it's for the three hundredth or the five hundredth or whatever, you know, the <laughs> just final just keep episode, having hundred episodes. Until I would he agrees love to do it. for Russell Crowe to come and do the podcast, and you know, he would be treated well. And I, nice. it would be, I hope yeah. he does it. That'd be cool of him. Get it back on track. Maybe you could come and relaunch Russell Rock. Oh man, that'd be like great. I mean that'd Just be great because I agree career. to do it, but you, I am going to do it as Russell. Did Russell Rock. Rock have like a ponytail or anything like that? I had more like your sort of uh, new romantic sort of like you know hairstyle. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, very can... very kind of blow. Is this on YouTube? Can you see and... it? Can you find it? Oh, here's the thing. Here's the great <laughs> thing about the world that we live in. Uh, we can have a look now. Nice. I always love. This is the great thing. Like anyone who listens to this podcast regularly, this podcast might as well be half the time called "Will explains Russell Crowe to people," <laughs> <laughs> and then goes to the same things he always does. <laughs> but uh, I love a bit of Russell Rock. So, uh, do you know a rugby player named Jared Hain? Yeah, Jared Hain, of course. Yeah, he's, he's playing pro football now. Yeah, that's right. Is that a big story in Australia? Yeah, it is. He was like uh, he was one of the top handful. Of um, uh, like uh, he was one of the top handful of players in rugby league. Mm-hmm. So him leaving the game to go and like try to yeah. play in the NFL was a massive, massive. And story. people are supportive of him. I mean, people kind of think it's crazy. 
I yeah, think. He, but he's like 27. I mean, he's kind of old to be getting in the the game that late. Right, but he is a yeah great athlete. So um, here we go. Look at this. Uh, here's a bit of Russell Rock. So. Oh, they made videos and stuff. Yeah. So this is Russ out, out, out here. But uh, you'll see him interviewed, I think, as in, in a minute here, because I think I've played this clip before. So, oh, let it, see, look, he's looking yes. through some shutters. That's pretty moody. <laughs> 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 right, it's a verse up. So this, this, this one has a little, little interview with him, and he's banded a little bit also. Like but yeah, that. look, so he's very much... So he's got a bit of long hair at the back. Yeah. It's kind of like a knockoff Brian Seltzer kind of look. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And look at him. He's, I mean, that's a, that, that is a really good haircut from yeah. that era, to be honest. So I think they get interviewed here in a minute, uh, if I can remember this correctly. Or maybe this isn't that one. Yeah, yeah let's see. Because I think we've had enough of this. Oh, here we go. Look how young he is. The Thunderbird bolo tie? Hyperactive, wow. juggling five or six products. That's what he is. Russell Crowe. But being part of a band as opposed to working by yourself, the decisions and the pressure and whatever is taken collectively. And, you know, having sweet potatoes like this guy to pull the reins back in while I go astray. I mean... I can feel that energy and everything that's all going in the one direction. I think you can you can feel the commitment when you listen to the single anyway. <laughs> so he always took himself way too seriously. Well, that? you can feel the commitment when you listen to the single. What, what I love, he said? What I love about that the most as well is his voice has definitely got a lot deeper over the years. Yeah. That was like the chipmunk version of Russell Crowe because <laughs> he has that great speaking voice, which I think is like a lot of his appeal is just how great and deep and like, yeah. I mean, he just sounds good. Where does he smoke a lot? Where does that come from? Yeah. He oh, does okay. smoke a lot. In fact, the the Sydney paparazzi, because he lives in like the heart of Sydney, in like literally one of the most prominent buildings on the most prominent wharfs in like all of Sydney. Russell Crowe <laughs> lives on right. So when he's riding his bike around town, the paparazzi just take photos of him all the time. Yeah, and it, there's always pictures in the paper of Russell Crowe just riding his bike around, smoking, smoking, <laughs> just while he's riding his bike. And I'm like, ah. Oh. I love you, Russell Crowe. Like, that's what I love. Like, he tweets his workouts, but then there's photos of him in the paper just riding around on his bike smoking darts because he's Russell Crowe. Did you see him? Uh, I did this as a like a, a Benson interruption thing, but the, like Winter's Tale or something like that with uh, Colin Farrell. It's one of the worst movies, but he's in it as a bad guy. And it's uh-huh. if you like some bad Russell Crowe, that's you got you have to see that. It's you'll I, you'll really enjoy it. I yeah, I, I well, I mean, I normally try to catch everything that he's in, <laughs> but you haven't seen a Winter's Tale. No, oh, you'll like it. Yeah, I don't think I'll like it though, right? You'll you'll be you'll have find some enjoyment. Right. Out of okay. It. Oh well, that's all right. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Do you have somebody like a Russell Crowe? Is there somebody that you just have a fascination with that you can't even really particularly explain why it is? I'm sure I do. Like a person or a show? It doesn't have to necessarily yeah. be a person. It could be like. You know, like sometimes it's just like there's some show that you're like, why am I so excited about, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, a few years ago, like weaned off of video games and I, I st- when I would be watching content where I was like, and I think you need that as a comedian, just something where you're like kind of hate yourself and you're like, what the hell am I doing? 
But I kind of uh, weaned off of doing that stuff. There's no like reality show. I don't really watch a ton of. Uh, there's uh, as soon as I leave here, I'm gonna go. Oh, have you yeah. ever had a reality show that you like? I mean, because people who listen to the podcast know my fascination with a couple. I, I like Survivor. Oh. I'm a fan of Survivor. Okay, I'm a, a fan of the Amazing Race, and I like the cooking ones. Top Chef, Hell's Kitchen, yeah, or any of that sort of uh, okay. shit. Anything where Gordon Ramsay's yelling at someone, Kitchen Nightmares, all that sort of stuff. I like all that stuff. So there was a there was one a while ago uh, called uh, Yukon Men. I liked because it was like I didn't like when they killed the animals. That sucks, but it's survival. You know, it's them. Like you see these people that genuinely every day have to sort of like scrap for their survival and find food and materials and resources and stuff like that. But they're so dumb, so they're really clever in how they do stuff. I liked Moonshiners as well for the same reason. They have to like subtitle most of it because I just all talk real stupid like. And but the things they know how to do, they they could like build a still out of copper get the dimensions right so that it would maintain a certain heat but not overheat and explode. There's like advanced thermodynamics involved in that and they're just like, well, this hair tube hits and this thing here and you gotta get this. And they're just making these really intricate stills. That was really fascinating to me. There was a guy on there, oh God, I can't remember his name, but he took out his teeth and he's like, I was in the prison and they try to give me fake teeth and I wore them for a while but them women, they'd cover me up. So now I take out my teeth so I'm ugly and women don't bother me. But he said it in like a way more rednecky way. But that dude, I could not get enough of. Just so, just absurdly redneckish and hillbilly. And I liked that. And then Yukon men were kind of the same way. Just right. a lot of these kind of like, just dumb guys. Well, it ain't nothing they ain't never. And it's just a bunch of bleeps. And well, it ain't nothing we ain't never. Beep, beep. Ain't never nothing. Beep. The whole show. So I would like that because I felt like there was something to take from it. Like, oh, sweet. I learned how to, if I ever want to catch salmon in freezing cold water, maybe I can learn how to do that. But I don't think there's anything any longer where I'm like, it would just get unhealthy if there was someone that I couldn't stand but would want to keep up with them or follow them. I I can't ever really balance that in a healthy way. I I usually just genuinely go like, why is this person on the planet? I hate them so much. (laughs) (laughs) So I just now have to remove that from my life. Uh, we should finish up in a little bit, but I want to ask you before we go about uh, what about what's happening with your animated uh, special. It's all edited. We've got it together. I mean, we uh, filmed it in November, and uh, but when the show was coming out, my managers were like, "Well, let's wait and see if we can like get it actually visible somewhere." Right. So I'm hoping that'll be the case that it'll get some play somewhere, whether that's you know like a streaming site or maybe even like on a tier one or two cable program. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's ready. So if, if we if it's not uh, like distributed somewhere, then I'll just be mailing out copies and download links like probably mid-september or something like that so it's a little bit behind schedule but it wasn't my doing like i had all the rewards made and i screen printed a bunch of stuff and it was fun to like see how many people contributed you especially thanks again that's right it was my pleasure but i don't open my emails so they send me emails, updates. Oh yeah, well, yeah, then I assume like that you like stuff. Or I, I yeah. mean, I would send. But like, you know. but this is the thing. I was like, you know what? He can, David can just tell me what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I can open and none read of, this yeah, update. None of the but... updates are of any value, really. It's just I want people to be able to keep tabs on what I have done. Right. So it's just like me. I have not left the country. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't have absconded not, with your money. I it's... have not grown a mustache. 
and changes my, changed my name to Dave, Dave V. Yeah. Huntsberger. <laughs> oh, of the Von Huntsberger. Of the Von Huntsberger, oh, yeah. yeah okay, but right. I dropped the V long ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go learn how to trap beavers up in northern Alaska. <laughs> I already know everything I need to know about that. Right. It all comes together. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. You never know in the time. forever. Do you think that in an end of the world scenario, because this is always something that I'm fascinated by, say, mm-hmm. um, okay, say a, a virus hits LA today, mm-hmm. right? Um, you, you've made it home. You're at your home, mm-hmm. right? And a virus hits LA that over today will infect. One percent of the population tomorrow will be ten percent of the population. The next day it'll be like you know. Anyway, Moore's law, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it viruses. Okay. And uh, what? What's your plan of attack? Like this, you know, that, on the news. How you, quickly you do hear I on die? On the way home, you're like, it'll infect one percent of people today, ten percent by tomorrow, twenty five percent by the next day, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only in LA at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and you have to come in con- – I mean, well, if it's spreading that quickly, it must be airborne, mm-hmm. right, I guess. But like – Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go with that. How – once I have it, how quickly are people dying? Uh, immediately. Immediate death. Yeah, you're pretty much dying immediately. Yeah. I don't have any sort of a gas mask or any sort of preventative measures. One thing I don't do, I'd always like to pride myself on not scurrying. I think it's disgusting. And I think what would happen is people would bolt – up and down the five freeway and out I-10 and out every freeway, getting out of town. And thinking where they would get to be safe, there would be military posts set up and people directing and it would be just a lot of line waiting and red tape and sort of, well, not much longer and honking the horn and getting out of the car and walking up and go, I don't know, honey. I don't know. I can't see anything. And I wouldn't want to be caught up in that. So I think I would scurry down again, assuming this is like end of days. Yeah. I would scurry down to like the Marina, mm-hmm. steal a boat and head out on the ocean. Good plan. Thank you. That's a good plan. Yeah. I think that would, at least to me, if I died, out on the water, kind yeah. of away from everybody. Nice. It'd feel kind of romantic and yeah. get a last look at Earth from afar and just be like, well, we tried. Right. Okay. But maybe yeah. I'd escape it too, you know? I mean, maybe the chances, if I get on that boat and I haven't died immediately, the chances are pretty good that me and my girlfriend and maybe a handful of other people, we right. get out of town. I mean, okay, so say there's like uh, eight people on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. You and your girlfriend. Yeah. Two other people you know who yeah. like were neighbors or whatever, somebody who lived nearby that you saw on the way. Yeah. But then four, four complete strangers. Ooh, that is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I do not trust these strangers. <laughs> I think it's us four sizing up those four as to who is going to be eaten first. Immediately. That's, yeah. As a human being, immediately that's your response, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I don't want to scurry. I don't want to be. Uh-huh. And I, it bugs me that. Uh, Orexin is a chemical in our brain, I believe. And I think that has, ties into anorexia, meaning like... Oh, okay. Sure. So, but when you're starving to death, your brain produces a chemical called orexin that kicks you into like reptilian mode that makes you... If you kill an animal, it'll like scoop out the blood and you'll drink the blood and okay. all these strange behaviors when people are dying. They're like, it's... I would imagine the thing that when you're drowning and someone comes to save you, you scratch and claw at them and become a, a hazard to both of you. And so I think... 
I would like to mitigate that. I would like to die with a certain amount of like, just the boat's going down and my arms are crossed and I'm like, well, at least I didn't scurry. Right. I don't want to be clawing at someone's face and going, ah, ah, oh, and then I come to and look at my hands and go, what have I done? Oh, right. right. Reptilian me wanted to survive. This is embarrassing. Right. I should I should be comfortable like exploring what's next and feeling like, hey, all right, earth is done. Let's see what's next. I didn't scurry like an asshole. So the, right. the other there is, four- there is that element of just like, look, when you're done, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So maybe don't I don't know Don't fucking panic now. Yeah. Just be cool, man. Maybe I just swim <laughs> off. Maybe I just, those four people are, they're clearly sizing us up uh, to eat us. Uh, they don't get to eat me. I no. swim away. You just swim away. Granted, they're in a boat so they can just troll along next to me. <laughs> We're just going to be here until you paddle out and die. But if you want to feel cool, go for it. <laughs> I tie, maybe I get the anchor. No, uh, then that's a rough way to go. I don't want to do that. I don't know. I what would you do? I mean, okay. So say I'm in this apartment here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nowhere good for me to go. Right. So I, I guess my best bet would be like I have some like electrical tape and stuff here. <laughs> so I You're think fine. I think my best bet would be to try to vent up. Like if all the air, I don't know how long, how much. <laughs> With electrical tape? You, how many rolls of this do you have? Well, I mean, there's not heaps. Like, I mean, there's obviously like there's, okay, I'm looking around this room. There's like five or six vents or whatever. Yeah. Right? But and there's like, also under the doorways and stuff. But there's not that many of those. There's really just that front doorway and then there's like But you'd need provisions to live. I mean, you'd, you'd just starve to death in here. And Well, no, no, because here's the thing. If it's exponentially killing people at that rate, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, after a week or whatever... Like, you know, most people who are, like, are going to be dead and it well, may have, like, blown through and moved on or whatever. Is it something like, you know, a zombie movie where the bodies uh, still harbor the virus or the virus yeah. dies with the host? Let's say it dies with the host in, in okay. this particular scenario. So you could outlive it just by holing up? Yeah, but just by holing up, I reckon. Oh, uh, okay. And I, so think I, I think I could hole up here for a week. Easy. Yeah, but what about when you try to venture out? You know, how, do you, how can you trust the, the people you're seeing? Because there'll be other people who hold up. I mean, if it's as simple as putting electrical tape over vents, you're not going to be the only one that survives. There'll probably be a lot of people that are like, do you do the electrical tape? Yeah, me too. Yeah, but not everyone's going to have electrical tape. <laughs> right? And secondly, like the reason that I know to go to that immediately is because I've already discussed it on my podcast. That's you true. Mean? Like, whereas not everybody has that same emergency contingent plan that they understand that immediately to go to the electrical tape. So In wh- fact, who to the are point the people dying? Where after having this, I'm going to the, the grocery store after this and I'm just going to buy some extra electrical tape just in case. A virus that kills you immediately, though, is not a very effective virus. It needs to be like dormant for a couple days or, or even a week or something like that so that you take it and go back to it. It's like when we poison mice. So if this is going to be the virus that really destroys humanity, it would have to be a it's lot like a, more lethal. I feel like it's a 24-hour thing. And yeah. in a city like LA, that'd be enough. Yeah, yeah. You'd run into a lot of people through yeah. death. So in the news, you see it like, holy shit, 30,000 people died today? Right. And then you look the next day, like, I don't think I'm going outside. I could see that. Right. The electrical... T- so this virus is airborne. Yeah, airborne. I, I, don't, I don't think your vent solution... One electrical tape is terrible at adhesion. So it's going to peel off. Uh, I mean, I, I'd put layers. 
I know you layer it. And up. like books you against weave them it stuff. And stuff. Yeah, even so, I think you need duct tape, maybe. Well, that isn't that? Uh, I mean, uh, maybe we we've got it. Maybe this is just a language. I'm talking about purposes. like the shiny kind of silvery. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Well, so yeah, but like yeah, I mean, in Australia, duct tape, electrical tape. That's what we we pretty much oh, call okay, those the okay. same thing. So, so okay, I take it back. Then yeah. You might be pretty good there. And then what? You go like towel under the door. Towel under the door. Wet wet towels. Okay. And then you're still watching the news. Yeah, I'm watching the news from the comfort of my couch. Yeah. And your uh, neighbors come over and they're panicking. You don't open the door. Uh, well, the door's got a pretty decent deadbolt, but no. no. Billy, Billy, my daughter's sick. Billy. I'm, I'm not here that often anyway, so okay. nobody necessarily has an expectation that I am here. They start crushing open the door. I know there's supplies in here. They start breaking the door. What do you do? Oh, hang on. Well, <laughs> this, this building, like, it's hard to get into. Okay. So... I'm going to assume that in the looting, which is in your scenario, people are looting, right? Yeah. Um, they've gone after more vulnerable, easier, accessible targets than because you don't want to spend much time out there in the right. Right. Yeah. So they're not coming here first. This is a pretty secure building. Okay. And so I don't. And it, it like it, it is kind of hard to get in. And I'm on the end of the building. What do you so do? I your- don't think people would come for me first. Yeah, you're right. But they would come for you. I mean, even if it's exponential, sure. it's still going to take a while and people are going to get savvier and figure out ways to have gas masks right. and maybe the bodies are filling up all the whole foods so people can't go in there. All the food's tainted. Sure. So they start coming to do the looting. What are you doing? Are you playing video games? Are you just sitting here watching the news? What are you doing to like fill, I mean, not go crazy? Well, I mean, I, I'd just be doing... I mean, I've barely left the house this way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yeah, but you haven't been living with this fear of like, are people coming? I mean, I'd be doing me? podcasts. I'd be live podcasting it. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, those of you still living. It's. Yeah, I mean, I've got fun. a lot of frozen goods. I'd be going through those. I'd be cleaning out the, the cupboards, you know, eating the foods, experimenting with some things. I've got a bunch of books. Like, I probably, I have like 30 or 40 books in that other room that like, that's 30 or 40 weeks. That's nice, yeah. You know I mean? like, but the food doesn't match up with the books, so that's going to be tough. I mean, early on, I'll have to ration out the food a little bit, but that's nice. I'll lose some weight, you know. <laughs> I've been wanting to lose a couple of kilos anyway. You're looking thin, man. I don't think you're prepared for this survival scenario. No, I mean, I don't have to last that long because... What's success for you? Living to be one of the last people on Earth or dying with dignity? What, what is success in this scenario? I mean, I'd prefer not to die. Ever? I mean, I, I mean, well, I, I mean, no, I, that's absolutely not true. I was about to, I'm torn between some days, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some days I'm like, why would I want to not live? Yeah. Living's awesome. You know, like it's, and if it's not awesome, the only way that I have an opportunity to make it better than it is right now is to be alive. Right. You know, like, so regardless <laughs> of that, yeah, this is my one choice that like, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then there's another part of me that, like, you know, sometimes I'm so busy and, like, worn down that when there's turbulence on the plane, I pray it goes into a mountain because at least that would be a fucking sweet relief of my next, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> some days I'm like, yeah, well, if I died then, that would have been fine. Yeah, I've done some stuff. That's, no that's one had, pretty you know. common. I mean, that, that's kind of how – it seems like a lot of people operate that way, but not with this feeling of – like, people wanting to succeed. You know, like in a horror movie – like uh, one of the Hills Have Eyes movies, this woman is like raped by this disgusting hill creature who's drooling all over and she escapes at the end. She gets away. Her, the PTSD involved with that, like dating is out the door. That's never, I mean, she can't be on a first date and like, what's your, I mean, there's so much going on there. So like escaping or surviving one of these scenarios, it doesn't necessarily mean that 
you want to in a lot of ways. You know, you I'm out of my boat and then I troll back in and no one else is alive. I mean that that doesn't. I mean, seem just like, in LA though. No, well, that's kind of nice. You too. know what I mean? Like and. Again, I mean, without, I mean, this, I would not wish this upon all of LA so I had this opportunity. But say, for example, everybody else, you know, people panic, they run to the streets, they try to get out of the city, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's, and people are looting and they're looting shops and they're looting, like, why would they ever come and try to loot my apartment when there's a whole, you know, Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever right, that right, you yeah. can loot because yeah. there's such a small amount of people left. So I just happily live here for a while and then I discover that I can just sneak out and go down to the Gelson's because no one's even really, and like, like I, you know, and then I, so I, all I have is like at the start for a few months I have these little missions, mm-hmm. you know, where it's really just me, like this one controlled little mission down there. But don't you think there. you'd start losing, your power would stop working, you'd have no more, you know, all the basic resources and amenities would disappear. You, you're sewage stuff i mean there'd be a lot of problems involved suddenly well let's let's imagine that that probably is the case but let's imagine for a limited period of time because people died so suddenly and whatever Mm -hmm. like yeah the problems that you're talking about with sewage or you know with electricity or whatever are normally things that come from overuse or like do you mean it takes a while yeah like those things are already established yes at some stage something will go wrong in the thing that needs a human but you know <laughs> i can probably still get power and television it's not like the rest of the world's gone you know but don't you need people running those things and keeping them up to speed and as soon as there's a glitch or a surge or there's no one there to do that job because that person's dead this uh building has solar panels so all the um like the hot water and everything's on solar panels all right so What's your first move? You walk outside and it's just people dead in their daily lives, just bodies. And then you know they're going to start to stink. So what's your first move? The first day you venture out to go to Gelson's and you see a lot of your neighbors just slumped over in like flower beds and things oh. like that. And you just, what's your first move there? Just proceed to Gelson's? I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've got to, that's got to be my mission. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I've got to block that other stuff out. Right. Going to Gelson's, I don't see you. I apologize. Right. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. So basically, yeah, that's what I got to guess I got to do. I'm going to be pretty rugged up. Mm-hmm. Like when I first go to Gelson's, yeah. like I'm not taking any risks, you know. Yeah. I'm going to try to construct some sort of, I don't really know I'm gonna, how I'm going to construct like a, what I consider to be like a, a breathing apparatus, but I'll, I'll work <laughs> something out with sheets, I guess, bed sheets. Because it is or, airborne. So you right. do need to, but even I though feel people like, have died. But I feel like what's happened is that by the time I go out, I've seen on the news or heard on the radio or whatever yeah. that um, that basically um, I've heard that like, you know, it's, it's moved on. But now it's just the cutting. Okay. The, you know, <laughs> so luckily the news is still on. Those people that run the cameras, that operate all the satellites, that are the reporters. Well, this they- is like I'm watching uh, news from the East Coast. <laughs> this is like New York news. But they're yeah. reporting on it. Like if all but of, if it, all I mean, of LA died in a, like an airborne virus, like it would make the news pretty much all news. But But in the time that that would happen, the amount of people that would have escaped and spread the virus to other cities, I mean, it would be pretty short I mean, okay, so yeah, there was like, it definitely didn't get contained until a few states on. We lost like five (laughs) or six states. (laughs) But the East Coast is operating just fine. But the East Coast is just fine. Piping their news into you. Okay, all right. I mean, I'm getting on the internet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Via satellite. I might not be getting my cable at the moment, but like, surely... I mean, I don't really know how the internet works, but surely the internet could still work, right? 
Yeah, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, hypothetically, sure. right? Yeah, I don't see why. Not. I don't know enough to know why it right. wouldn't. You picture it just like if you really had to envision it, it's just always up and running, and there's maybe one person kicked back in a chair reading a book, and they right. have to occasionally like hit a switch. Yeah, but it's not like Gary. Yeah, exactly. It's it like, feels like one of those things that would mostly take care of itself. Yeah. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how the robots won. So <laughs> it mostly takes care of itself, I would imagine. What's next? Let's give it a sense of humor. <laughs> We're going to load in a couple of Marin podcasts and we'll see how this goes. Are you sure we start with Marin? That was okay. So that's another thing that was big about podcasting uh, is uh, that uh, Mark Marin interviewed uh, the president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, yeah, on his podcast Crazy. in his garage. Yeah. The president. Came to, when I saw the pictures of like the tents and stuff, I'm, uh, I just assumed that they invited him, you know, to, right. to meet with the president somewhere and bring a little recorder. Not that they were going to come to his neighborhood, bring the Secret Service in and do it in the actual garage. In the garage. I mean, what? The president. The, yeah. With fucking Mark Marin. The president was never on Seinfeld. The president was never on, it never like flips the coin at the Super Bowl. I, I, I was rapped that you came here. <laughs> and Mark Marin's got Obama coming to his garage. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's insanity. It's, I don't know what it means. It's such a strange step, but it's such a smart political move for his advisors to be like, if you want the ear of the people that you're trying to reach, stop going on this, these old antiquated platforms that no one really cares about. I saw this thing today where this girl, I forget what movie she was promoting. She was on like a local morning news. And there's a young lady, tell us about your movie. And she's just kind of going, well, it's this. And I'm, she's kind of like, maybe she's being a little petulant, but sure. it's early in the morning. She's just delivering the stuff. And they stopped it. They were shitty to her. And they were just like, <laughs> looks like you need to have a couple Red Bulls. All right, thanks, sweetie. And they and I wish she had been like, because I don't talk like you lunatics on the morning yeah. news with this, this fake... Is not, this is not how people talk. No one speaks that and way. Particularly in the morning. Yeah. You people are crazy. <laughs> it's the morning. Yeah. I mean, so much of programming for uh, <clears throat> just anything. Television, entertainment, that was should the, listen. The, the thing that I always used to bother me most about working in those formats, and I, well, not in television, but I've worked in like morning radio and stuff, is I don't have an opinion on everything. Yeah. I have like Where I have about need I have about three or four opinions that I hold firmly <laughs> and I'm willing to argue about. Yeah. And then the rest I've got varying levels of interest or opinion on. Yeah. But like this idea that every day I will have fifteen opinions on things or that you will suggest a topic and I will be like, Well, I definitely am on this side. No, no, I see a lot of both sides yeah. of most things. Well, I do listen to... Don't you hate Kim Kardashian? No. As a matter of fact, I don't. And I'll fight I you to the death over that. I, I just uh, thought of that. I mean, I've never watched the show <laughs> because it's not compulsory. But do I hate her? Do I think it's just something interesting to. about our... Uh, no, you either love her or you hate her. <laughs> We've got to fill time here. We've I do content. neither of those things. <laughs> I mostly ignore her. <laughs> I feel like most people do about most things, and I think right. it's healthy... Did you listen to Dana Gould's uh, keynote? Speech? I loved it. I'm so glad that you good. brought this up. It's so, so good. The idea of like competition and everything is like what movie won at the box office and everything is this one. And it's just so asinine that we everything we create has to have like some contention to it. So therefore be dramatic. People are so I find this a little bit. And again, this is a very uh, a privileged problem to be complaining about but i'm about to go home and you know do some touring back home but the television show is about to start again so 
there's some interest in that from people, you know, like from yeah. press and whatever. So I've been doing a, a kind of bit, a bit of press around that. And the thing they always want to ask me about this, because basically they're talking to me about like, you know, you took two years off to, you know, go to America and, you know, do all this sort of stuff. Like, you know, have you achieved, you know, like, or, yeah, what are you... And they, they never kind of understand the idea. And that's why I responded so well to what Dana was talking about, because it kind of really spoke to me, which is mm-hmm. I, I've been doing it. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I feel like. You know, in these these questions from these journalists are loaded like like with this idea of like you know what do you want to achieve from this? And I and I kind of want to say to them, oh no no no, this is it. Yeah, like what I'm doing right now is exactly what I wanted to achieve from it. Now I'm not saying that I wouldn't might like more of this, mm-hmm. but if it's just this, and if it keeps being this. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what you start out to do. That's what right. you set out to do. And so I don't know where that gets lost with so many comedians once you pass a certain age of going like, well, now I want what's next. Now, I, when you were young, you just thought that'd be awesome. Traveling, doing comedy, it'd be amazing. The, the, any level of like notoriety was completely irrelevant in regard to that. And yet you start and you do kind of feel those things. I, I mean, when I started, when I first had like my first... Uh, run of doing shows, live shows. And I was going to do like seven weeks in a row. And the first one was in Vegas and I was playing the Riviera, which is awful. It's 14 shows two a night for seven nights in a row. Oh, I see. It's horrible. And you have to be like militant on your time. If you're like mid joke and they've given you the 32nd that you got to wrap it up. You can't like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, if it takes me a minute or two, like this is a train station. And it's all these mixed um, middle America kind of crowds that are there because they got barked in via, hey, if you take a tour of this timeshare, we'll give you some tickets to the comedy club. Because right. they're feeling like they're owed something. I had to sit through that <laughs> shitty presentation, but I'm here. Right. So it's unfun through yeah, they, and through. They, they already feel like they're owed something. Absolutely. And you're the thing yeah. that, will, <laughs> that you didn't have anything to do with wronging them. But they hate you. But they and, hate you on behalf of the people they should be hating. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're a surrogate for their hatred. <laughs> and I was so psyched because that's all I'd wanted to do. When right. I was in, you know, doing open mics and, and people were sending in tapes to do shows and I was like I don't really care about that I just want to like travel I want stand up to be this thing that takes me around and so next thing I know I got seven weeks in a row I pack a giant suitcase and I head to Vegas for the first bit of that you know leg of touring and I, I check into the, my hotel I go up to the room it's on like the 15th floor and I just kind of like taking it in like wow this is this is real I'm in I'm being paid to be in Las Vegas I'm performing I go over to the window and I see people there's society down there like near the pool they're all playing and there's music I go to open the window to kind of like just look out and be like, we're all here. Look at this. We're all apart. And the window, because people commit suicide there, only right. opens four inches. So then I'm sort of like trapped behind it. And then the song I can hear is that, welcome to your life. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so surreal. Like, oh, this is kind of what it is to be wow. a comedian. You're yeah. alone. You're removed from people. You're observing uh-huh. them. You're looking and seeing it, but you're not invited. You're not a part of it. And they won't let you in a room that you can open the window because you'll probably kill yourself (laughs) (laughs) and now oh they're 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 prescient and i uh and and i remember telling a friend of mine that like i to to some weird level i feel like i've made it made it to where i want to get i'd like to just stay on this level right anything up from here is great but this is awesome to me and And yeah and that's what i like i mean i get to write the shows that i want to write um, yeah, make the work that I want to make, and, and there's an audience there that is enough t- for me to be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. 
there is a I I sure I would love if other things happened, but not if it means that I have to lose any of those things. Right. Because yeah. this right now, mm-hmm. this is good. This is enough. You know, like this yeah. is this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't mean that there aren't other aspirations or I wouldn't mind like, you know, the like if I would could keep doing this podcast, you know, but like there were some other people to help do it or whatever, yeah. but I'd still do the podcast. Right. You know, I mean, it'd be like, you know, I wouldn't mind if I was playing like bigger venues across America, but I'd still be playing <laughs> all those cities across America, you know, like, yeah, I mean, and I I'd think... still be trying to write good jokes. Like, I don't want to have to write different jokes or like if I can make the work that I want to make, if I can make this podcast like how I want to make it, you know, every time and, you know, triple the people started listening to it, sure, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But if I had to change it, to get right. triple the people, yeah. then it's not worth it. No. Because right now, I can do it how I want to do it and enough people listen to it. That I mean, that, that level of freedom there, this is like new media, the way we, the people, everyone involved by getting a little recorder and some microphones have transformed this entire landscape of how content is delivered to people and how they are able to sitting up before and like, well, I have a meeting at this giant company and hopefully it'll want to make my pilot. And if not, I won't be a creative person. I'll just sit at home. And now people can share their images online immediately, share their photographs, their ideas, way much more so than is necessary, but it's still available. It's unbelievable. It's, it's such a good time to be a part of that. And you get to determine how successful you want to be. Like Ted Kaczynski wanted to live in a cabin in the woods he got tenure at a university, cashed out, bought a little ass cabin, and just lived there and blew people up. Right. But that was those were his Pursuit aspirations. Pursued his aspirations. Pursued his a- yeah. achieved them very minimal. I like to think he had a list on the wall, and that was the final <laughs> one. Blow final people one. up. Blow them up. All right. All right. Well, that's life. Uh... But Elon Musk wants to like build a space program. Uh-huh. He's a billionaire, and, and stop yet the like killer still robots. going and yeah. stop the robots. But like if you if you establish your level of success, like well, I want to be in a movie. I want to write a movie. I want to own a movie studio. The the level you would get to would be like, oh my god, you have a hundred million dollars, and you'd feel like such a failure. Like, well, I can't produce the big budget blockbusters right. I want to. I don't even have the space that you know Gower Studios has. Well, I guess that's when at least you can do it. Hopefully, in a cre- in a like a creative in a way that helps the world, which is like you know essentially Bill Gates got so rich, like it was like there's no toys. Like they yeah. must have been like, Bill, do you want to buy a new plane or something? <laughs> He's like, no, I want to cure diseases. That's what I want to do now. I want to. Malaria. An, an, an entire disease. That's what I would like to do. Yeah. Imagine trying to go to a dinner party at his house. Like, what would you bring? There's just nothing you can take over. Like, I caught a mosquito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can tear its wings off. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, David Huntsberger. David von Huntsberger. Uh, People can watch your show Reactor on the Sci-Fi Sci-Fi Network. Eleven thirty on Thursdays, and we we have nine more weeks of the first season. And if like if people watch it, that obviously helps. It'll only know, help, yeah. And we right? do we do. I want it to be a creative show. So if you like shows like that, not in a, a kind of corny way, but try to get people interactive and like helping name stuff or sending in drawings, things like that. So I want it to be a communal kind of fun, creative space. I mean, there's will. so many people who I think that are interested in that world yeah. and also interested in like a smart approach to one of those sort of shows that mm-hmm. I think it will definitely find its audience. So I hope that it does. Thanks man. Uh, I hope so. Where can people like, you know, find you, contact you, you see your date, whatever, D- yeah. you know, whatever, you know, 
DavidHuntsberger.com has all my links to Twitter and Facebook and all that sort of stuff there. And I have, uh, and the Kickstarter updates will be on there as well as far as like when that's going to come out. And that's kind of in that same Dana Gould thing of like, you don't have to get things. You know, your status isn't marked by what you're given. It felt really good to make that. So thanks to people that listened to this that helped. I know there were uh, quite a few of them and that'll be, on davidhunsberger.com the info is to when that'll come out and i hope people like that and then uh uh i have cds on itunes um all that stuff davidhunsberger.com you can find all that stuff there you go thanks you know, you know how to use the internet people <laughs> you just google david hunsberger It'll and then just right find what you want yeah uh you can find my stuff of course uh in a similar way google will anderson and then uh, find <laughs> out but uh my the two things that i want to give a quick plug because it is coming up next week uh uh the free will shows at the end more in sydney uh friday and saturday night they are the only two sydney shows of that show because i've got to get into groom pre-production but um it's my favorite show that I've done and I'd love uh, for you all to come out and see it. So uh, the end more, the 7th and the 8th, Justin Hamilton doing support for that. Um, I'll plug everything else next time. Uh, mate, thank you so much. Mm-hmm.